Hello, everybody, and welcome to the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast. This podcast is designed to focus the spotlight on leading voices throughout the world of business. From marketing and technology to energy and finance, this podcast will feature brilliant minds that are shaping the future of every industry. There has never been a better time to make more business friends forever, so let's get started. We're able to focus our energies on each of our clients, and that's really what separates My BFF. Looking at, you know, we're not we're not out to have a hundred clients. We're out to have you know ten really good solid clients that we can just service the hell out of, and that's that's, you know, that's what this business is all about. My name is Colton Hauer. I'm an account executive and social media specialist at My BFF Social. Today, I'm excited to bring on our guest for this episode, who also just happens to be my boss, Matt Gentilly. Matt is the founder and managing director of My BFF Social, a full-scale digital marketing agency based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Prior to starting up his own agency, Matt was the global director of public relations and social media for the Century 21 brand. While at Century 21, Matt was viewed as a pioneer, being one of the first professionals to take advantage of the rapid growth of social media at a corporate brand level. To say he is a well-traveled individual would be an understatement, and his story is one that you will want to tune in for. So let's dive right into it. So Matt, we've known each other for a few years now, but in your own words, could you tell the listeners who exactly is Matt Gentilly? Uh, sure. Uh, well, I was born and raised here in Pittsburgh, uh, son of a steel worker. My mother was a medical lab technician, which, you know, considering everything that's going on today, uh, uh, I think her her skill set could could certainly be used right now. I earned my bachelor's degree in science uh, from Clarion University, a couple of hours north of Pittsburgh before, uh, uh, like a lot of folks, uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s um, and even early 2000s, uh, you know, migrated elsewhere for work, uh, especially in the in the marketing industry. I ended up uh, going to Washington, D.C. I worked for a strategic communications firm called the Rendon Group, and it's there that I, you know, really cut my teeth on the industry. I had the opportunity to travel and, and work throughout Europe and the Middle East. Uh, and in fact, the group I worked with was part of the first American contingency back in Kuwait uh, after its occupation by Iraqi forces in the 90s. Uh, so, you know, after, you know, putting in my time, I guess, in 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 Washington, D.C., I, I circled back to Pittsburgh Worked a couple of statewide judicial races in the mid '90s. Uh, volunteered and worked on the Bill Clinton campaign during that time, and uh, I guess it was around November. It was about four degrees, and decided it was time to uh, move to Florida. So uh, I ended up in Sarasota, Florida, for ten years, and that's when I got involved in real estate marketing. And it was around this time that Facebook uh, kind of entered to the scene, and uh, I really looked at. Facebook for business immediately. Um, so after managing uh, PR and communications for the state's largest residential real estate company for four years, uh, the Century 21 brand came calling. Um, they were based in New Jersey, and they asked me to come up and run their PR and social media programs for the global brand. Uh, it was about this time I had the opportunity to, you know, really dive deep into brand management and how social media can really impact, uh, you know, a brand and a business um, as as we kind of, you know, went from, uh, t- you know, 
A to Z as it relates to, you know, uh, marketing, uh, everything from two Super Bowl campaigns, one which featured our current president. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, taking over YouTube's uh, homepage, uh, the banner, um, you know, we did uh, national uh, campaigns um, as well as uh, social media uh, marketing efforts. And it really taking hold of a, a global brand's social media um, uh, handles and, 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 you know, creating, um, you know, the, the leading, uh, 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 social media platform for the largest, you know, residential real estate brand in the world. Uh, so it really gave me a lot of, uh, you know, exposure and opportunity, uh, to kind of get my hands dirty and, and really dive into the industry and, and understand, um, you know, all that, uh, marketing and social media has to offer a business. Yeah, that is a pretty incredible story and definitely have your experience in traveling as well. Is there any kind of specific location that stuck out to you or that you enjoyed the most out of this kind of, uh, business travel that you experienced? Uh, I, yeah, I'd say, you know, I have, there's a few places that stick in my mind, uh, you know, certainly, uh, having the opportunity to, uh, to visit, uh, Egypt, um, you know, uh, spent some time in Cairo and then traveled, uh, south to Luxor, saw the temple of, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, King Tut's tomb and, uh, uh, um, uh, the temple of Karnak, um, you know, the pyramids rode a camel, <laughs> uh, <laughs> statewide stateside, I, I guess, you know, one of the most beautiful spots that stays with me is, uh, San Diego. Um, yeah, yeah. Some, uh, we had the opportunity to speak at social media marketing world a couple of years. Um, and you know, just the, the city itself and, and the surroundings of San Diego, it's a really beautiful place. And is it safe, would you safe to say that kind of a campaign that would have stuck out during all those different experiences would have been the Super Bowl campaign with Donald Trump? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a couple of campaigns that, that stay with me in my time with, uh, with the, with, with Century 21 and, and managing the global brand. Certainly, uh, both of the Super Bowl campaigns were, uh, unique and, and different in their own way. And, you know, it's really, you know, when when you talk about public relations and you're going to school and you're thinking about, you know, what am I getting into here? Um, having an opportunity to work in and around a Super Bowl ad campaign is kind of like, uh, you know, climbing climbing uh, uh, the tallest mountain, right? <laughs> so, <Absolutely. laughs> um, and and you know, the opportunity um, uh, to experience that level of publicity and shape the brand's, um, you know, plans and, 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 uh, be able to achieve the, the type of success that, that we did, um, you know, was, was pretty extraordinary. I mean, the, the amount of spend, uh, and the amount of attention is, uh, is like nothing else. There's really nothing in, you know, else in the U S other than, you know, globally at the world cup level where you're going to get that level of exposure for your brand. Uh, and it, you know, there's a reason it costs so much, right? I think, absolutely. you know, uh, the, the ad time was 4 million for an ad back then. 
You know, and that doesn't include what you're spending to produce the ad, uh, what you're spending, any of the talent that happens to be on the ad. Um, you know, I think at that time, President Trump's take was, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, you know, uh, a couple of million dollars. So, um, you know, it, you know, it, but, but, you know, having high price stars like that certainly, uh, you know, helped the ad achieve the attention and, and that was the goal, right? So brand awareness and, and brand preference. And we also had Deion Sanders and Apollo Ono in the ad, right? So it was, uh, it was an impressive lineup and, um, you know, it certainly uh, achieved, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 2 billion media impressions. So wow. it was, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty extraordinary. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I can imagine. And I think from my perspective and for our listeners, we'd love to kind of hear a little bit more about what the strategy was behind the campaign itself. Um, I, I liked how you kind of touched on the intention enhancement. And was it like an all hands on deck at Century 21 with your marketing team to execute this campaign? Or kind of how did you guys go about those days prior to execution? Oh, no, definitely. Uh, we had all hands on deck. It was, you know, all teams were were had a role from the online marketing team to to my team with social media and PR, um, you know, to the field, uh, to those folks that were in touch with our franchisees, um, you know, to make sure they could leverage uh, the you know the you know the, the every bit of exposure that we earned uh, through the campaign. Um, yeah, so <laughs> pretty uh, pretty pretty uh, advanced marketing uh, uh, for sure. Absolutely. So then after your time at Century 21, kind of what was the next steps that you took and what did it ultimately lead to you starting your own agency? Sure. So I was telling you there were two campaigns that stuck out in my mind and and this kind of leads into your question. The the, the second campaign was uh, something that uh, we had worked on uh, as, as social media evolved um, with the agency at that time who we were working with. They were called Mola, not a Boston. And our team lead at that time was Eric Montague, uh, and he has since started his own uh, ad agency called Sleek Machine in Boston, which produces some absolutely incredible uh, work. Um, and we developed uh, uh, in tandem, kind of co-developed uh, what we called the digital drumbeat. Uh, and and what the digital drumbeat was, it really enabled uh, you know brands that you know did big things like the Century Twenty One brand. Um, to be on air and in front of their audience throughout the year with, um, you know, what we, we called the digital drumbeat, which were smaller, but highly creative, um, uh, certainly, uh, you know, uh, more cost efficient, uh, campaigns that would only run on social. So you didn't have the media, um, expense that you would have with television advertising. You were able to, um, you know, really knock out, uh, a bunch of these, um, you know, uh, we might do uh, four campaigns in a month, right? So it was a continual drumbeat uh, of, of of highly produced, highly creative, low cost, uh, creative ad executions and campaigns. And the one that sticks out is uh, we had an opportunity uh, to kind of take advantage of the timing of um, – uh, it was the show Breaking Bad was coming to its its uh, its conclusion. So on the season finale, we ended up um, uh, making a, a 
you know, kind of a, a play where we would sell Walter White's home, uh, the fictional character Walter White, um, uh, from Century Twenty One. Right? We had a call in number. We had an eight hundred number. Uh, so as, as you know, as the show's you know final episode, we put Walter White's home up for sale, and it garnered a ton of publicity. We earned 80 million BD impressions just from that, you know, social media PR campaign. And we ended up winning 14 major national and international marketing awards. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So everything from uh, the one show to um, uh, uh, a Webby um, to the Andy award for uh, bravery and advertising. So some really cool stuff to be involved in and kind of the apex of, what we were doing with social media and and the brand uh, and what you could do uh, in that space at that time. Uh, so I think we took it as far as we could take it to the edge. Um, we certainly, uh, you know, disrupted uh, uh, some some notions of, of traditional marketing and, and I think ushered in, uh, you know, or certainly, you know, played a role in ushering in a new form of marketing that was more than just real time, but took advantage of, uh, the technologies available to us to, you know, kind of marry the concepts between promotion, PR, and social media, um, and and advertising, and yeah, go ahead. Absolutely, and the main question I had is obviously there's major corporations out there that are very, very um, stern in kind of their social media strategy overall, and a lot of people would kind of provide a lot of backlash if they were to try to market Walter White's house through through a major corporation's social media channels. Kind of how did you balance that, and did you receive any backlash of your own internally uh, when trying to move forward with that campaign? Yeah, there was definitely some uh, pushback and some uh, reservations. Um, you know, to be, to be frank, um, you know, as a director uh, in that organization, um, you know, I had a lot of uh, flexibility, especially in the social media space, because Mm -hmm. it wasn't well known at that point. Um, and it, it certainly wasn't given the same level of credence as you would get with say television advertising. Right. So I don't think anyone expected that campaign to take off and gain the amount of exposure <laughs> that it did. And it certainly uh, uh, created some, uh, some, some raised eyebrows from uh, our legal team and, and, and corporate. Um, but the overwhelming positive reception that the campaign received far outweighed, um, you know, any, any of the, uh, you know, the backlash and, or, or the second thoughts about, you know, what had occurred there or should it have mm-hmm. occurred, uh, I think you know the industry at large and the real estate uh, industry. Um, you know, it 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 took what is a you know a fairly uh, staid, um, uh, you know, kind of traditional uh, uh, marketing uh, industry and 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 really kind of lit a fuse under it and 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 took it in a different direction and, and did something different here. So. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely created some uh, <laughs> some challenges for management on that. Absolutely. And was it difficult with kind of all the success that you found with those campaigns to leave Century 21 ultimately? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, it wasn't that hard for me. It was a natural, uh, you know, moment in life. Everything has a time and place. Um, you know, my parents were uh, both back here in Pittsburgh. Um 
and I wanted to be closer to them as as they got a bit older. Uh, turned out to be a real blessing because my mother passed last year. Uh, so I was super happy that I was able to have the opportunity to live nearby and spend as much time as I, I did with her. Um, I'm happy to have the same, you know, have time with my dad. Uh, he's 75, still going strong and, you know, he still all drives me on the golf course. So <laughs> God willing, uh, you know, we, 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 you know, he's able to do that for another 10 years. So, um, you know, I'm happy to be back in Pittsburgh and, and, and bring my, uh, expertise and knowledge, uh, you know, uh, not only in this market, but, you know, in the digital space, we can serve as clients anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I'm in, you know, the New York media market or back home here in Pittsburgh. Awesome. Awesome. And how would you kind of describe to somebody that's not really aware of your firm, my BFF social, what exactly is the meaning behind the business and the concept? Well, the concept for my BFF social really evolved from the type of marketing I was doing as social media became a major force in in business marketing in general. The idea uh, developed out of a necessity to be able to explain to business people who were not as familiar with social media the benefits of engaging with consumers through these new channels, right? Uh, BFF started out as a way to convey that idea of, of growing your business network, you know, business friends forever, BFF. It was just a clever way to market the brand and and really was suggested by a a, a, a peer of mine, Erica Ayot, uh, who's a, a colleague, another colleague from Boston. Absolutely. And, and, Today, more than ever before, we're seeing kind of digital marketing firms and social media experts, so to say, uh, kind of pop up all over the place and absolutely in the Pittsburgh market as well. What's one thing kind of that you would say my BFF social does differently than all these other agencies and competitors? Yeah, we talked a little bit about uh, digital drumbeat, and that is a concept that I brought with me uh, here to my BFF. So, you know, it, it, being able to develop highly creative, um, you know, uh, inexpensive campaigns uh, for brands and businesses to be able to execute uh, in, a, in a, you know, relatively condensed time frame. So you're getting really high quality creative production and you're marrying that to social media distribution and knowledge of the ad networks. Uh, that's, that's a, you know, for me, that's where our bread and butter is. That's, that's the value proposition. Uh, and, you know, quite frankly, everyone needs it, um, you know, uh, from the mom and pop pizza shop to, um, you know, the, the, the global energy uh, conglomerate. Uh, these are all, um, you know, businesses that, you know, require, um, you know, brand awareness, brand preference and, and lead generation. And, and that's, that's what we focus on. And do you at MyBFF Social focus on a strategy with your clients on specific social media platforms, or do you handle more of an omni-channel approach? That's a good question. We we look at we look at it through an omni-channel approach. We really uh, take a deep dive into each of our clients' business, try and truly understand what it is they're trying to achieve from a a business generation perspective and. And and then marry uh, the solutions that that work best uh, to meet those objectives. So, you know, understanding, um, you know, what it is uh, that that the client is wanting to achieve, um, and and you know, what are the best programs that can help them achieve that goal? Absolutely. And would you? 
say that my BFF, uh, to go back on that point, um, some agencies specialize in a particular business vertical. Does my BFF focus on one business vertical specifically? Yeah, the majority of our clients are in in some form of professional services, uh, finance, real estate, hospitality, uh, energy, but we also have clients that are in the medical uh, space, certainly here in the city of Pittsburgh. Medical is a, a you know a significant uh, chunk of the local economy, uh, and you know we also service uh, restaurant clients and 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 you know and and municipalities. So you know we're we're currently uh, managing the social media for. A, uh, a municipal uh, uh, authority. So, um, like I said, everyone needs uh, expertise when it comes to social media. So many people uh, are spending so much more time on their digital devices, especially now that we're in lockdown here with uh, with with COVID nineteen. Um, you know, but bottom line, uh, you know, tried and true uh, marketing techniques work. You know, um, you know, I, we're 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 uh, able to focus our energies on each of our clients, and that's really what separates my BFF. Looking at, you know, we're not we're not out to have a hundred clients. We're out to have you know ten really good solid clients that we can just service the hell out of, and that's that's you know that's what this business is all about. Absolutely. And you and you definitely touched on it there of that now more than ever before, people are more active on social media and digital channels because they're forced to stay at home and, and social distance due to the COVID-19 virus. And I feel like we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't bring it up in this conversation. So is there any sort of kind of recommendations for businesses that are already on social or might not be kind of pursuing digital marketing at all at this time that you would highly, highly recommend to those individuals and, and professionals? Yes. All, all businesses right now should be focused on staying top of mind with their customers. You know, uh, during this downtime, and, and we don't know when this is going to end, you know, it may end at the end of April, May, June, July. Uh, you know, it, 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 there's kind of a, a different take on, on the news every evening, right? So um, it's hard to understand when we're going to return to normal and what normal looks like um, when we get there. So, you know, right now it's more important than ever to to continuously remind your customers of your value proposition. You know, whether it's newsletters, email, social media posts, online advertising, hell, even how about a podcast like we're doing today, <laughs> right? You want to you know find different media venues and 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 channels to make sure that your value proposition is being conveyed. Um, you know, all of these tactics should be considered in an effort to stay in front of your customers. You know, thinking of different creative ways to add value, um, you know, as I said, because people have a lot of time on their hands right now, it's a great time to get in front and stay in front of your customer throughout uh, this period in our in our nation's history. You know, think about free webinars, phone consultations, coaching, all great ways, um, you know, to help your customers and position your business for future growth. Absolutely. And you touched on it there as well, is that there's just so many channels that people can pursue and market their business and their brand to um, nowadays. That is, Do you feel like social media has evolved into just another ad platform like Google AdWords or pay-per-click? Or kind of what have you seen in your overall experience since you basically were here at the start and the initiation of social media as a business platform in general? Yeah. Platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter have you know, they've developed their platforms to such an extent that in order to reach your customers, 
you know, uh, you really have to advertise. You know, these ad platforms are robust. They've been around for years, and you know they they enable a great deal of creativity. Uh, but you're you know you're just not going to get a ton of organic reach. Now, you know there are newer platforms out there that are continuing to develop, like TikTok, that take the media in a new direction or offer value for brands and businesses to get in while the organic reach is still available. Um, you know, after being in, in, in the industry for the last 15 years, you kind of see a natural cycle develop. Uh, but in my opinion, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube remain the, the 800 pound gorillas in the space. And if you want to play, you just have to pay, uh, that, that, that's just, you know, advertising, um, uh, works. It's, it, there's a reason, you know, you want to make sure you're continuously in front of your customers to make sure you're top of mind, um, you know, not only as, as we go through this, but as we come to the other side of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those are fantastic insights. Um, and the only way that we can f- kind of finish up this podcast in a unique way from IBFF Social and our team is we'd like to close it off with a lightning round to learn more about who you are, Matt Gentilly, kind of outside of the professional world, so to speak. Um, so I'm going to rifle off five questions to you just about kind of your personal history and, and hobbies and interests of sorts. Um, don't need a whole lot of explanation with these answers. Just feel free to respond as you see fit. But let's start it off with when you were young, what did you envision being when you ultimately grew up and became a professional? Uh, I always had a, uh, you know, uh, an ability to write. So I knew I would be a writer in some form or fashion. You know, obviously, I, 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 I thought I might be the next, you know, Hemingway, the, <laughs> you know, write, write the great American novel, um, you know, but uh, as, as uh, you know, um, uh, economic needs get in the way of that. Uh, so I ended up in the advertising and PR industry and, you know, it's, it's been a hell of a ride. And a more personal question here, but what was the first car you ever owned? Um, it was a 1979 maroon Chevy Chevette four door hatchback. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> yeah. We, we just, we just, we just called it the vet that, 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 that's all. Okay. Okay. And if you were stranded on a deserted island and could only bring one thing, the non-essential item for entertainment purposes, so no food, no water, what would you bring? Hmm. Wow. Stranded on an island and I need something for entertainment. Yeah. No, uh, no working around it with saying normal food or water just to survive. It's all I, about the entertainment. I, I, I think I'd have to go with a, a um, uh, iPod. <laughs> what music would you be listening to on the iPod? Uh, well, since we're on an Island, I might go with some, uh, reggae. <laughs> okay. Very fitting. So how about if you could sit down and have a conversation with anyone in the world right now, who would you choose and why? Right now I would, I'd like to sit down with Bill Gates and pick his brain. Uh, you know, I've seen him a lot on coverage of COVID-19 over the past, several weeks. And I feel like he's a step ahead in terms of understanding its impact on, uh, you know, not only on our health, but on the society at large and, and, you know, what that's going to mean for all of us in, in the long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the final question I have for you today is what's the one thing on your bucket list outside of like kind of a work or professional goals that you are really trying to cross off in 2020 and the number one thing that you're trying to accomplish? 
Uh, I'll keep it simple. I am currently in the process of training my uh, high school uh, whose son, who's now a junior, to drive. So having him be able to uh, <laughs> to drive the car safely and uh, not wreck it too many times is is number one on my list. In terms of bucket list, you know, maybe it's a, a trip, uh, maybe do some travel to Europe. That, that you know, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to get back to uh, to the UK and and visit my friends in London again. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I definitely think both of those are great goals to accomplish. Um, so that that's all that we have today, Matt. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Is there any kind of final words that you want to throw out to the listeners? I just want to thank uh, thank you, Colton. Thank you for you know leading the My BFF Business Podcast. Uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic show. I look forward to having many, many more guests. And, you know, I hope it is insightful for our audience and, and I hope they enjoy it. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Matt, and look forward to talking to you all soon. Thanks for tuning in.